0: This is a special edition breaking news episode of the Providence Crier Podcast. Alright, welcome everybody to this emergency episode of the Providence Crier Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Surrett, the Providence Crier. Follow me on Twitter, that's at Providence Crier. You can also read the blog, that is the Providence Crier dot wordpress.com Alright, so I'm coming to you. It is Friday night, February 21st the night before the Friars' big upcoming matchup uh, against the Marquette Golden Eagles at the Dunk. Tip-off is at noon tomorrow. Um Game will be aired on Fox. First want to give a shout out to my friend Bert, my buddy from high school. Uh the Bourbon Street Friar, as I like to call him. Or at least, as I just decided to dub him just now. Uh, the Bourbon Street Friar. He's an honorary friar. Uh, he's been to a few games. Undefeated. 2-0 and at the dunk. Should probably have figured out a way to get him to the game. But, um... Fortunately, all the season tickets... Uh, the tickets in Section 234 are used up. But, Bert, if you're listening... Um, if you want to grab a ticket... They're going on StubHub for about like forty bucks. Maybe, maybe, maybe we can get a few guys to chip in, uh, cut the cost down for you. But I, I know that wasn't the greatest quality, but you know it was last minute. He had to do it from his phone, so we we do what you know we do what we can to get by here at the Province Crier Podcast. So again, Bert, I thank you. Um, also, want to apologize to the followers of the Province Crier Podcast. As there was no episode on Wednesday. Um, you know, this past weekend, long weekend. Um, you know, the holiday weekend. Sunday was my buddy Joey Nasty, member of the Section 234. His annual Daytona 500 party. And, um, you know, now that I'm in my 30s, I, I literally just can't drink. All, if I drink all day like, throughout the day, it takes me at least two days to recover. So, I just can't do it. Anymore. So, so his annual party, you know, even though the Daytona 500 was a wash, and then extended into Monday, so I was just beat. Um, got home from work, thought about doing the pod, but I just didn't have it in me, and I apologize. But uh, the good news was, I did win some money in the uh, the, the auction for the Daytona 500, I had Ryan Blaney, came in second, won me a nice $400, bucks. we will take it. It almost killed Ryan Newman, which would have sucked, that would have felt like blood money. But it's glad that he survived that crash. Um, uh, but yeah, I'll take my second place. But um, again, I do apologize for the lack of pod on Wednesday, but here I am, making it up to you all, with this ad-free episode to preview the PC Marquette game. Think about that. That is fractions, like the fraction of a penny that I get per play. I am sacrificing that for you all uh, to give you an ad-free episode to make up for my wrongdoings. Alright, so like I said, uh, off the bat, um, Marquette, number 19 in the country. They will make a visit to the Dunk. Um, Early tip on this one, which kind of sucks, but... Make sure to get there bright and early. Um, I'm also... I'm not only on a... Like, I'm not only on a mission to see the Friars beat Marquette uh, and get the season sweep, but I'm also on a mission to find my wallet. I uh, I ended up losing it during the Marquette game. Um, excuse me, not the Marquette game. Seton Hall game uh, last Saturday. I, I, I think it's at the dunk. I mean, I've called the dunk. They said they had a wallet. And they said it wasn't my wallet. But, I mean, it's kind of ass backwards the way they ran their operation there. So, I have a feeling it's there because nobody's used my cards. So, <laughs> I'm on a mission to find my wallet. It's either there or at the Black Sheep where we were pre-game. So, hopefully I can find that. If, if, if any of all who are listening, if you found a wallet um, with a license to a one Michael Surrett, that's the Cryer's wallet. And, uh... Would love it if you returned it to me. I'm in section 234. Again, row N, I believe. Pretty high up there. But, um, yeah, so, getting right to the game here. Um, you know, I saw on Twitter and on Instagram that, you know, last Saturday was Pink Out the Dunk, um, and I guess this week, or, on, for this game, it's Beach Out the Dunk? I mean, I don't know if PC's actually running with that thing, or is it more of a student section thing, but I'm going to be prepared regardless. Uh, I'm going to have my fryer shirt on with a Hawaiian shirt on top of that, unbuttoned. Um, visor, shades. Maybe I'll get a little sunblock on my nose. I don't know. Just live it up. I'm all about beaching out the duck. Because, I mean, it's been freezing this week, so... And it's supposed to warm up a little bit tomorrow, too. So, I'm ready. I'm all for it. But, um... Now, going into this one, the Friars, they're coming off back-to-back wins. They got the big win Saturday at the dunk against Seton Hall. We all know what happened in that one. Jumped out to a monstrous lead and then basically had to, you know, defend the wall the rest of the game. Um, But they were able to do that winning 74-71. And then this past Wednesday, um, they went at Georgetown, and after surviving, a brutal first half where they looked pretty stagnant offensively. They were able to put the clamps down defensively and that turned an offense and uh they end up getting a nice 73-63 win at Georgetown. Another quad one win for the Friars. Um, you know, like I said uh a little over a week ago now. Like if the Friars can get to 19 and 13 at season's excuse me, 18-13 at season's end. And then get one biggie's tournament win at 19 and 14. That should be enough to get you into the tournament, you know, like net ranking quad wins. What you can throw it out the window because at that point, they'll have enough of that stuff to get them in, I think, especially considering this bubble. I really do. But um, obviously, they have a lot of work to do to get there. Luckily, three of the last four games here are at the lovely confines of the Duncan Donuts Center. So, we'll see what happens. Uh, Marquette coming in, ranked nineteen in the country, but they were actually coming off back-to-back losses. Um, they had played Villanova not less. I think they had, I, I don't know if they played them like during the week. Yeah, I think they played Nova like last Wednesday or something, a week ago Wednesday, and they, at Nova, lost by one point. Um, I mean, that, it wasn't that close. I mean, Marcus Howard hit a uh, buzzer beater to cut it to a one-point game, a meaningless three. It's actually pretty... It actually wasn't that meaningless because it actually made him the all-time biggie scoring leader, which I found hilarious, that a meaningless three-pointer in a game that Marcus Howard lost got him the record. But it's ne- neither here nor there. Uh, then they followed... They had, like... I believe they had a full week off, and then they played... Creighton this past Tuesday at home, and um, weren't able to get the win in that one. Creighton really flexing their their muscles uh, offensively, um, and defensively too. I thought they were pretty good in a 73-65 win, um, and, and that was that was at the Fisher Forum. So good win for Creighton. They they're rolling lately. Um, you know, hottest one of the hottest teams in college hoops, and yet one of the, their only lost recently came to us, so go figure, but, um, so yeah, obviously a huge game for the Friars, um, big game for Marquette too, because they don't want to lose three in a row, um, that, that would probably certainly get them out of the top 25 if, if they drop two this week, I would think, although who knows, uh, what hoops this year, it's, it's really tough to tell, but, um, you know, going into this thing, like, my question for you all, is Marquette good? Now, I don't want to be like a dick saying that. Like, obviously they're good, okay? Like, I'm not an idiot. But, you know, you take a little look at their, their resume here, and, you know, they got that signature win against Villanova at home earlier in conference play. And then, what did they do? They follow that up with 81-80 loss to us at the Fisher Forum, um, and then a loss at Seton Hall. Which at which point Marquette fans were calling for Coach Ward's job. Um, Does that sound familiar to you all? Because I remember, you know, after St. John's game, people were calling for Cooley's head, yet here we are two games later, now everyone's back on the bandwagon. But, um, you know, nevertheless. uh, So after, you know, after that stretch there, though, Marquette ends up winning 6 of 7 and ends up jumping in the top 25. They got to, I think they jumped, just entered the polls at 16, so pretty high. But you look at that stretch where they won 6 of 7, and it's like, eh, like, I don't know. Uh, I mean, it really wasn't against the upper echelon of the Big East, in my opinion, at least. Um, you know, except for a win at Butler, or a win against Butler, I should say, at home. Um, you know, they like this was their stretch. They won. They beat Xavier at home. Went to Georgetown. Won. Returned home to beat St. John's. They went on the road and lost to Butler in a really good game, actually, where Marcus Howard got hurt and um couldn't return. And I think that was like double overtime. But Kamar, Kamar Baldwin bailed out uh, Butler in that one because they they couldn't kind of to lose that one. But um they lose that. But then they they go on their next road game against Xavier, get a good solid win there, and then return home and beat DePaul and Butler. But it's just like, I don't know. I just, uh, like, you look at our wins in the conference, I I think we have certainly a more impressive uh, Big East resume. I mean, I'm not going to say overall resume, because obviously that's not the case, given our uh, non-conference performance and then, Obviously, Marquette being 19 and us being on the bubble, so... But, uh, you look at Marquette, you know, really good offensively, for sure. 77.4 points per game. Uh, They shoot it at a nice clip, 42.6 from the floor, 38.1 from three. Um, You know, some might say it's all Marcus Howard. And it certainly was at the beginning of the season. But I I think Sakara Inham and Colby McEwen... I think those guys heard a lot of that chatter and took offense because I feel like they've picked up the slack um, over the course of the year, both of them averaging over 10 points a game. Sakar Anum, I mean, he's been a very good three-point weapon for them and an efficient player as well. So, But you look at the rest of the team and, like, eh, like nothing jumps off the page. Brandon Bailey's solid, but, like, the Jamal Canes, Greg Elliott's, Ed Morales of the world, like, they really haven't given – Marquette that much, so like they definitely lack a supporting cast. Uh, I mean, I, I think again, Annam and McEwen have done a much better job of supporting Marcus and Howard, but look at the rest of the team. I I, I just don't see them having a ton of weapons. Um, defensively, they're not great. You know, the average, you know, th- their points per game given up is close to seventy at sixty nine point nine. Uh, points per game and you know in my opinion i look at marquette and i view them just as as like a poor man's Creighton. to be honest like good offensively not great defensively I, I think creighton this year um has been better defensively in years past and i think that's why a lot of people like them and i like them too i mean they have a lot of weapons but to me i mean a lot of people are liking Creighton to like go to the final four i I just don't say, I, I think at the end of the day that they don't rebound enough. I, I think they don't defend at a high enough level um, to make that sort of run. But um, but certainly I'm a big Creighton fan. But in my opinion, um, Creighton's a good matchup for the Friars. You know, they lost the heartbreaker at Creighton, and then they pretty much handled them at home at the return game of the dunk. And you look at Marquette, I think they're very similar. Um, you know... PC had to had to really got one out at Marquette, eighty one eighty, as I mentioned earlier. Um, but now they return to the they make their trip out to the dunk. So we'll see what happens. Um, you know, obviously, when you talk about Marquette, though, you know, it'd be a fool not to bring up Marcus Howard and talk about his career, his accolades. Um, you know, Dynamite player, for sure. Um, 26.7 a game, shooting 40.8 from the floor, 39.4 from three. Uh, 3.2 assists per game, 3.4 rebounds a game. Um, so he's definitely in the thick of the Nismith Player of the Year conversation. Um, but he certainly, I don't think, gets as much love as um, Obi Toppin. Uh, Miles Powell, Powell and Peyton, Peyton Pritchard. Um, and I think there's a reason for that. I mean, Kevin McNamara actually wrote a uh, uh, article for USA Today, I believe, that I read, um, a good piece on Marcus Howard, how he doesn't get enough love. And, you know, I, he made a lot of good points in the, argument, uh, in the article, for sure. Um, and don't get me wrong, I think Mark, Marcus Howard is a really good player, But in my opinion, the reason why he doesn't get as much love as the Toppins, Pals, and Pritchers of the world is because he just... All he does is really score. I mean, like, he doesn't bring that... I mean, obviously scoring is important. I get that, for sure. Um, You know? and, And he's an elite scorer. An elite scorer. But it's like... He doesn't do that much else. Not good defensively. You know, for a guy that gathers that much attention you think he would be able to distribute to his buddies more. He doesn't. Um, you know, so, I mean, I think that those things, things hurt him. And I think, you know, he tries to play hero ball, too. That's another thing. Like, I think he has a high usage rate. Um, so, he tries to do just way too much. And I think that's why he's not... That's why I think it's a four-man race, but it's essentially a three-man race. You look at Toppin. Like, he's a beast, like, unstoppable in the paint. Um, you know, he's the leader of a Dayton team that's surprised a ton of people. And, you know, they're fifth in the country. And, like, Obi Toppin, like, you watch him play. I was watching the URI game. He had that breakaway windmill dunk and one. Like, you just watch him play. And you're like, okay, yeah. Like, that guy deserves to be in the player of the year conversation. Um, you know, Pey- Peyton Pritchard. Like, that dude is not only... Clutch, really good defender. For like, you look at him, you know, you know, he's just undersized guard. Like, he's not that undersized, but I mean, you look at him and you don't doesn't scream out to you, oh, this guy's a lockdown defender. But he's a great defender, and he's clutch as hell. Um, I was watching the 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 Oregon Arizona State game last night, and you know, they don't get the win, but. He played really poorly for most of that game, and his team was losing. And then he just banged, like, three threes in a row. And one of them was just from bars. Like, unreal. Fortunately for him, he ends up fouling out in that game. And Arizona State, like I said, gets the win. But um, that guy is clutch and a good defender. So he brings more than just the scoring. And then also, it doesn't help for Marcus Howard that you're not viewed as the best player in your conference. Like... Like, it's tough to win player of the year if people don't think you're Biggie's player of the year. And, hey, maybe he wins it over Powell as, like, a here-you-go-buddy consolation. Um, But, you know, Powell, you look at Powell, I think he does more than than, uh, Marcus Howard does. He scores less, but he gets guys involved. Um, He has a better feel for the game, in my opinion. You know, sometimes he does get into let-me-do-it-myself mode, but... Not as much as Howard. And it, not as much to the effect where it's seen as a detriment, in my opinion. Um, and, like, you look at... Like, just look at Scene Hall the other night against Butler. Miles Powell was used as a decoy for, for Mamu to, to get a game-winning alley-oop at the buzzer. Like, that's, that's the thing. Like, I, I don't think Marquette has the stones enough to use Marcus Howard as a decoy. And I don't think... And it's kind of unfair to say that's all on Marcus Howard. It might be more to do with the guys around him, but I mean, I don't know. I I just think there's a reason why he doesn't get the love he gets. Obviously, a great score. I personally don't like the guy. I think he's a little bitch. But like, I'm not gonna. I respect the hell out of him. great basketball player, elite score. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's he's also playing with a mask right now. Uh, he broke his nose. Um, no, I'm not sure when, but uh, relatively recently, he's, he's wearing a mask, and um, it's clearly bothering him. Um, as someone that has broken his nose, um, you know, I broke mine at the NCAA tournament falling off a golf cart, um, you know, en route to the PC UNC game, uh, which ended up being a loss, but ended up missing the game because I had to go to an emergency room. That sucked. But, um, yeah, I've had a broken nose, no fun, but um, he's wearing a mask, he's playing, but clearly he's bothered from it. Um, You know, over his last, I don't know when he broke his nose, to be honest with you, but um, his last seven games, 46 of 127 from the floor. Um, So, let me bust out the old iPhone calculator here, and yeah, that's good for... 36%, 36%, which is below his average. Um, so, he's struggling lately. Um, and he's coming off arguably his worst game of the year um, in in the loss to um, Creighton. Only 13 points on 4 of 14 uh, from the floor. 3 of 9 from deep. Only got to the line four times. 2 of 4 from the line and four turnovers. So, I mean... He doesn't have many games like that, so um he had a bad game against Maryland, but other than you look at his game log, it's freaking impressive. Uh the amount of points that guy scores. Like 13 points is a horrible game for him. And he's done it like twice against um Creighton in Maryland. That's it. All year. <laughs> other than that, he's been a beast. Um So you look at the keys of the game for the Friars, um, I say build on that momentum offensively, you know. I think it's three straight games now where they've had longer stretches of looking a lot better offensively, a lot more cohesive offensively. Um, And, you know, Cooley will have to play matchups. You know, you looked early in the Georgetown game. um, Nate Watson was playing well, like, offensively. He got you a few buckets at the start of the second half. Um, but them as a whole weren't playing well offensively. When they made the switch uh, to Khalif Young, I mean, that just changed everything. Um, and I've been hard on Khalif Young. Me and my buddies, we call him Luggage. <laughs> I know, that's a mean nickname. I love Khalif Young. I mean, the guy, he's the perfect backup big. Uh, total effort, you know, rim run, um, get you some boards. Pack a guy when needed. I don't, want, I don't mean to disparage Khalif. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, he was awesome in, in, in the Georgetown game. He really was, I think, the X factor in terms of PC getting that win. Um, so, yeah, keep the momentum offensively. So, you look at that game. Second half against Georgetown, they were money offensively. Uh, obviously, the game against Seton Hall, that start of the game was insane. They were the best they were all season offensively. Um, and you even look at St. John's game where they lost. I mean, they put up like 67 or 69 points or whatever and it had 24 turnovers. So like think about how many empty points that is. So I think the Fires have finally started to found a rhythm offensively. Is it too little too late? Hopefully not. But um, for the Fires trying you know, keep that momentum offensively, and, and they were able to score against him last time. So, I don't see why they they can't be able to score against Marquette this time. Um, another thing I would say is get Theo John in foul trouble. Uh, Theo, you know, he'll probably able uh, be able to do it himself. I mean, the guy's a walking foul. Uh, but what he brings to Marquette, he brings like he is their intensity. He is their toughness. He's their grit. Um, real rugged, big man. Um, doesn't score a lot, but he does a lot of the dirty work, um, which a lot of the other players on Marquette don't do. So, um, you know, to me, it, it's like, if he can get into foul trouble, that's huge. Because what happens if that happens? Um, if, he, if he has to sit, the Flyers are just going to feast on the offensive class. Um, like, like, they've done well with most of the season. But, uh, if he's out of there, like, forget about it. They'll just, they'll just eat, eat the offensive glass like crazy and just go nuts. So, yeah, try to get Theo John Feltrell. Um, ho- hopefully he will. Uh, it wouldn't shock me if he, if, if, if he does. Let's put it that way. It would shock me more if he didn't get the Feltrell. But, um, you know, because actually Marquette's, a uh, sneaky good rebounding team. Um, they actually get 39.9 rebounds per game. That's good for 37th in the country. Um, not sure if I mentioned that earlier, but... Thought I'd tie that in here. Uh, but for them, it's, it's more of a team effort. Um, you know, the bigs, they do their part on the boards, but... I think they're rebounder rebounders at like 5.6 or something. And I think that's the Um But the good thing about them is, like, the reason why they're so good defensively, uh, excuse me, on the glass as a whole, is because they have a real good team effort in terms of rebounding. Sakara Adam, Colby McEwen, Brandon Bailey, those guys really help out on the rebounding stats, so... um, But yeah, if Theo John um, gets in the foul trouble, I think that will be huge in terms of setting the tone, being able to 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 feast on the offensive glass, which helps their offense. Second chance points, for sure. Um, And then lastly, I think, you know, make Marcus Howard play hero ball. Name of the game. Uh, Because that's when Marquette isn't at its finest. When he tries to do too much. And he will, believe me. Um, You know, he'll... uh, So if PC can get out to, like, some early lead or just stretch it to a nice lead at some point in the game, he's going to try and do it all himself. That's only going to hurt them, I think. Um, You know, I think guarding him defensively, uh, you got to make him work. Make him work, make him tire out so that at the end of the game he can't kill you. Um, One thing I would say, you know, I'm going to sound like a huge hypocrite here because I've been on... um, Twitter talking about how I hate how we hedge ball screens, like, way too hard and way too much, leaving guys, like, wide open. But in this game, I think that's the key. Um, Hedge Marcus Howard on most of the screens. Because uh, Theo John doesn't have the hands or the offensive acumen to destroy you down low like a Romaro Gil does, right? Um, So... I would definitely do that. Hedge ball screens. Cleef Young is the king of over hedging ball screens. Like he did the other night against Georgetown. But he was able to get back, hack the guy. The guy made one of two. So, I mean, I'm not going to harp on Cleef Young. That was like the one bad play he made. And he ended up making a good play by fouling the guy. Um, But, so, you know, I think the crowd's ready. They're hungry. Um, Obviously, it's a game the Friars need. You know, I, I will say I, I am a little bit cautious here. I think we're a better t- I think we're a bad matchup for Marquette. And I think we're probably an overall better team, especially right now than Marquette. Um and and being at home, I, I think we should win this game. But I, I do have a little bit I'm gonna be a little cautious because one We always play epic games against Marquette. They're always wild ones. Who knows what's going to happen? You know, I I talked about that in the preview episode before the game at Marquette. And what happened? A one-point game, uh, 81-80. Like, like, ugh. So, that scares the shit out of me. That it's going to be a close game, and who knows what happens in a close game. The Friars have shown to play well uh, in late games. And they've shown to play poorly. Like, it's like a flip of a coin almost. So that that scares the hell out of me. And then, my one big fear is Marcus Howard just going the fuck off. Like, he's always had good success against PC in, um, in, in seven games so far, 27.6 points per game against the Friars. If you... Break that down to the games at the dunk. He's averaging 30 points a game at the dunk, including that game where he had 52. So, Fires did a much better job with him the last time he was at the dunk. I think they held him, like, 14 or 16. But he also had a much better team around him, like the Housers were crucial in that game. And that game was never close. I expect this game to be close. Um, So... I do fear that if Marcus Howard goes for 40, 45, 50 points, then we, then we might lose. But as long as that doesn't happen, I see the Friars getting the win, making their march to the NCAA tournament, um, you know, continuing to make the march at least. It's still not over. It's, again, even if you win this game, still a lot of work to do. Um, granted, I would think, again, win two of uh, two of the final three. You have two of those at home uh, against teams you should beat. So, you know, you look at that, and then obviously it depends who they draw in the biggest East tournament. Uh, hopefully they can finish. I mean, if they finish with 11 Big East wins, they're not going to be playing in the first night of the biggest tournament. So we'll see what happens in terms of who they draw. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think – Now's the time. They're playing a lot better. Like, this crowd's going to be nuts. Even though it's an early tip, I don't like the early tips. I like the late tips. Get the crowd all lubed up. This crowd's going to be hungry tomorrow. It's going to be loud. Uh game's sold out. I'm super excited. I hope you all are, all are too. Um, so that will do it. Well, actually, jeez. <laughs> about to hang up on you guys with our prediction. My prediction is the Friars will get the win. 7570. So that is it for our emergency episode of the Province Crier podcast. Make sure you tune in next week. Hopefully, we. No, I will get you an episode next Wednesday, like I do every week, except last week In one or two weeks before that. But uh, no, we will uh, tune in next week. Read the blog. Follow me on Twitter. I uh, hope you go to the game. I hope you enjoy the game. Let's do this. Let's get the win. Go, Friars. Man up in my city, I'm the truth, yeah David Duke when I'm with a butter hoop, Crossover, I might go to L.E.U Heard they sleeping on me, well let's take him back to school P.C., you know we on go, ayy like A.J. Reeves when I'm off that pick and roll, Fall down, bounce back like M.I.H.O, ayy I'm the alpha dog, Diallo. They was sleeping on me, that's what made me a savage, me a savage. And he see me bumping, so we gon' let them have it, yeah. They don't want no static, we at the top just like the attic at the yeah. This year we taking over March Madness Man up in my city, I'm the truth, yeah David Duke when I'm way above the hoop, eh Crossover, I might throw the alley But they sleeping on me, while well, let's take them back to school Man up in my city, I'm the truth